0: Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Jesso Girls. It's been a little bit since Erin and I have both been on here, so we're excited to be back. We've also missed each other. It's, it's been a while since we've talked about art things. So today we are actually are going to be talking about something that is, it's actually was Erin's idea. It's an interesting topic. It's about creative boundaries, maybe with like... For example, like loved ones or if if you're the creative friend in your group, do you always get asked like, hey, could you do this for me? Like, could you, you know, I know, Erin, you do graphic design. Draw this poster for me. (laughs) Yeah, like you just get thrown these projects and like because people just think, oh, it's easy for you. Just do it. And like, but it can be very taxing. Like all that stuff adds up. And especially if they aren't, you know, even if they are, but if they aren't paying you or you're giving them discounts and stuff because they're Mm -hmm. family and friends. There's like this whole gray area. And I know, especially for me, when I was starting out, like I think now I'm at a place where people understand like, oh, you do this full time. This is like your job. And like, I, you know, need to pay you as such. But when I was first starting out, I definitely felt like there was always this push and pull between like Mm -hmm. doing things for free and doing things for experience as well. And then doing things to actually make money. Um, so yeah, Yeah. there's a lot here.
1: I think that's, yeah, definitely. I think it's just like something that I've always struggled with. I was having this conversation with a friend who I picked up a project and then I ended up having to go back and saying, I will finish it, but I will not do any additional work. Mm-hmm. Um, because that was kind of like my awakening of like boundaries and creative mm-hmm. boundaries. Um, it is hard. I, for me, I can say it gets difficult when it's... you as a creative, you want to be involved. You want to keep creating. You want to help. You want to do this stuff. At least for me, that's where I get kind of, where I struggle. That's my weak spa is because it's, everything sounds exciting. Like, oh yeah, I want to be part of that. Oh yeah, I want to do that. But then it's got to be like, okay, you can't be a part of everything. You can't help everyone. You got it just because you're helping someone with a creative task or for an event or, you know, something that they need. And, and when I, when I bring up like creative boundaries, when I talk about this, I'm not talking about just like your practice. So like, not just someone asking Julia to paint a painting or me to do some design graphic design work. I mean, anything artsy. (laughs) We tend to get bucketed in this like, oh, Aaron can paint. So Aaron can draw me a a sign for my friend who's running the marathon, like things like that. And you're like, yeah, I can do that. But also, that takes time. And that takes energy. I'm not going to charge you for a
0: (laughs) Or maybe if, if, you know, to translate to other mediums, maybe it's, like, you sew and it's, like, hey, could you Mm -hmm. fix this for me, this outfit? Um, Mm -hmm. Because, you know, they don't want to have to go to a a seamstress and pay, but that takes time. Mm -hmm. Especially maybe they're, like, asking you to, like, hem something or you create music and they're, like, hey, could you, like, just create this jingle for our podcast, which um actually if if you are out there and you know how to do music and create a jingle for our podcast we will i will compensate you i can't say how much it won't may not be a lot but i would compensate we you we trade for services it. we trade services i would you we know make you a logo yeah yeah Erin could do your logo well anyway so we're, we are we do actually funny enough need that but anyway like i you know it's something like that where it's just like oh well, you already do this so could you just easily do it because i think a lot of the time it comes from a place of not knowing the like the energy that something like that might take right like they don't know they're like well it's easy for you so it must you Mm -hmm. know probably only take you a little bit and maybe it does just take you a little bit of time but it can start to become like taxing as this as it continues it's like anything Mm -hmm. like a one-sided relationship you know starts to become like quite annoying um
1: yeah. Well, even what I've found in my past is like people they're like, Oh yeah, do whatever you want. Uh, I trust you and you do it and they're like, Oh well, actually, now I think about it, could you try doing this? I changed my mind. And you're and so if it was one of my clients, um, per se, I would have had a contract and we would have discussed like you get three rounds of revisions. So you need to provide all information up front. So I need to know what you like, what you don't like, which is can be overwhelming but that is some. that's how we can be efficient with your money and my time um and i think that's where you kind of run into the swirl of like you want to help your friend or your family member in the project that should only take a couple hours and i'm saying couple hours because in my mind anything in the creative space a couple hours is a short amount of time um which really short there's no project that i really know that's going to take someone five minutes you also have to think about all like the back and forth communication emails to kick off a project, understand a project. And you know, that's the one thing I have to say is not most creatives bill, or maybe they do, but I don't. And maybe I should, I don't bill for my communication time. I give you a project rate or I'm doing an hourly rate, whatever I think is best um, in a financial space for them. Now that I think about it, I'm like, wait a second. (laughs) Uh, But I think that's just like, what gets so tough is like, one is enough enough. And that's what I started learning thinking that I could do take on a couple projects as a creative friend and help out in situations that maybe some of the stuff I haven't, it isn't what I do, but I'm creative and I can do it. Uh, but I started running into a endless day. I found that I didn't have time and space for myself. And that's where I realized, just because I enjoy creating, And creating is something i enjoy doing and i like to do and want to do doesn't mean i need to do it 24 7. i need to walk away from it i need to walk away from my computer i need to walk away from my phone um i think a lot of my like silence on social media is because of being it's a digital burnout and for me it's digital but it'd be also anyone else who's like staring at a canvas all day i mean whatever your medium is it gets exhausting if you don't step away from it. And you, I mean, we've talked about this before the burnout, but it's, you know, how do you avoid these situations? And I honestly felt awful saying, hey, I will finish this project with you, but I know we had talked about, you know, more projects. I have to put barriers and I have to put boundaries and I have to say, they respected
0: it completely. But it took me a week. To build that courage, confidence to do it. Yeah, that (laughs) is. I didn't want to. I think actually. So I was gonna go back to something you said before about you know when you work you know with clients like we have this set system and you know we know how it's gonna go down and everyone's on the same page because of that. And then versus if you have a friend who's like, hey, like vaguely, I want something like this, Mm -hmm. and then they come back at you, and you're like, actually, like I want it like that. And so what seems like oh, this should be easy and this isn't like a super professional thing. So this is like low pressure somehow becomes like actually more work, more work and more pressure because it's like a loved one's what you care about and you want them to be happy. And it becomes almost more personal and more uncomfortable than it does like with a client when it's put into mm-hmm. those buckets of like professionalism. And that's why I think it is so important to set those boundaries with loved ones quick and because of the otherwise, like you could go you could go on and on and on and you'll get to that place where you are burnt out. Your time's not your own. You're working on projects you don't want to be working on. I feel like I talk to artists all the time that are like, I finally started to get commissions, but now I am i can't stop. Like that's all I do now. Like I haven't mm-hmm. had space for my own work. So it's like a double-edged sword, right? It's like you want to get those commissions because they're nice, because mm-hmm. they pay. But a lot of Exposure. people, especially as your first commissions, I know for me at least, and I think for most artists, comes from friends and family. And mm-hmm. so it's interesting because you get kind of like thrown into the deep end. You have to navigate these complex communication. These com- complex relationships. relationships, relationships basically, of like business overlapping with family and friends. And I think that there isn't what really they like... Don't say don't. Which I know, they right? Say like, like don't, don't, make don't make friends, friends in business. business, whatever. But, you know, when they come to you and want to buy something from you, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, maybe do something like once for free. But after that, it's like... You know, you got to draw the line somewhere. And I think that's where we get to this interesting place of like, there isn't really a guidebook for artists when they're starting out. And they do have most of their clients, you know, as family and friends, like how to navigate that and be Mm -hmm. both personal personal and like loving, but also professional and setting boundaries. I don't know if I have a solve, but I just, I think that it's comes back down to, integrating some of what Aaron, you said about how you've Mm -hmm. created that structure with maybe a contract or you tell them how it's going to go, basically, you know, like you, you Mm -hmm. give them how it's going to go and versus like letting them drive the process.
1: Yeah. And I think also what I've like, I know, I don't know if it's like an internal competition thing, but so I found that for friends and family, I dropped the price so low mm-hmm. because I would feel weird if they then went out to see have someone else do it for them. Like I'm like, no, like I can do it. Like don't you don't have to ask anyone else. So you can ask me. But do you think um, they would
0: ever go out and ask somebody
1: else though? Like, I don't, I, have I mean, they ever done that? Some of them do. Some of them do. Um, I've. I mean, I had to when I said I was no longer going to continue this project. I did have to say I will find a freelancer for you. Mm-hmm. Um. Because I was like, I don't know what their other needs are. I know a lot of people have tried internet, like like resources through the web, and they, it just didn't work for them. That's why they came to me. But they also came, they also, people come to me, ask me for, hey, do you have a developer? Do you have a UX person? Do you have a whatever? Do you have a photographer? Do you have, like, because I'm in the industry where I'm working with all types of creatives, that people always assume that I have the resources for them, which usually, yes, I do
0: have the resources,
1: but downside is my resources are like a hundred thousand
0: dollars <laughs> yeah exactly so like i'm working with commercial You're working with professionals and so professional,
1: yeah yeah and not even like professionals it's like people that have been i mean because we're all professionals seasoned so, like,
0: professionals
1: seasoned experienced like prof- like photographers that photograph for and a starbucks they don't like, have like time. time
0: they don't have yeah. they are not looking for like little side gigs like they have well they, they've done it full-time jobs mm-hmm. they've done that and so like you might not maybe you're at a point now like versus I feel like I could probably granted I don't know those sorts of people that you just listed I hardly know what a UX person or UI, <laughs> what I hardly know what that is I understand UX that you're design. whatever I understand that it's like computer like website design sort stuff. of thing stuff <laughs> you know but you know what I, mean? I don't have those kinds of connections but I do you know have friends and family occasionally ask like you know, that sort of thing. And I think I have more of those people who are starting out who do maybe want like right. a little side gig. But where you're at in your field, like in more, more professional corporate, yeah, you don't have those kinds of connections. I think just being honest with people and saying yeah. like, hey, you know, I'm just kind of – I've kind of outgrown that phase, unfortunately. And I don't know people yeah. who could who – could, do that for you at an affordable rate anymore because we all are kind of you know 10 years into our career and charge accordingly and so I think it's like totally fair to say like you know what like I I really this this project sounds awesome and I totally want to help you my life's just kind of crazy right now and I'm kind of at a place where I just can't accept side gigs like this. Cause I, mm-hmm. you know, my, my full-time job requires too much attention from me. And then my outside of work stuff is personal work. And it, I don't want to have it be work. You know, I want it to be like stuff that I yeah. enjoy. That's fun. I don't need the extra money, but if I could, you know, I'll keep an eye out for a person who maybe would want the extra money, who would want that project, um, but unfortunately it can't be me. Like that's a perfect thing to just start saying to people. And if oh, it ever changes, the hard way. <laughs> and if it ever changes, you can go back and say like, hey, like, you know, I do have some extra time. I could help you. And it could be on your terms and you could probably feel better about that. Um,
1: oh yeah. And I, I know something, if anyone out there is looking for resources and anything like that, I actually highly recommend for anyone reaching out to a local college yeah. Um, local colleges you can create they, i worked with uh, columbia university at one of my agencies um, and we worked with recently graduated photographers it was a great program it was helping these photographers build their books they were paid mm-hmm. they were paid at like a different rate as in like this was kind of a, I i shouldn't say different rate they're paid per photo so instead of being like okay we're gonna pay you hourly they could go out and photograph a bunch of stuff for us. This was for social media too, so know that there's a lot of photos that we would want over time. But that was a great program, and these students got paid per every photo that was they selected, and they learned how to read the briefs and understand like how to work with a client. Um, then just going, I mean, with art school, it's you know you're, you're given like a subject and like photograph this. But if you want to get in the commercial uh, photography space, um, that's when you. Commercial corporate photography space like you need to understand like it's a client services space and not necessarily an artistic space. It's still artistic, but you're still creative. You're still creating stuff, but it's it's client services and that's like right. advertising is client services.
0: As crazy as and that sounds, and so says, that's just oh, like and but... those are the budgets you're accustomed to, to working within. And so mm-hmm. like it's just yeah. not it doesn't translate to maybe the family friends who want you to do that sort right. of thing. It almost like <laughs> I know. Okay, so. It okay. So I've had this sort. Of hap- I have had this sort of thing start happening. So, for example, I had someone reach out who was like, "Hey, like, if I just asked you to do like a pen and ink drawing, you know, just loose, like, you know, with a splash of color, like, could you do that? Like, and I, I could tell by like the tone, of, like the email, and like everything was like basically like." don't charge me as much You're as you the, would charge for, like, something yeah. you would do with, like, full color. The problem is, here's the thing, that that's almost insulting to the person who does just work in pen and ink, because it is yeah. just as hard to do that. Like, if oh, yeah. it doesn't have color, but... I only work with Sharpie. I, also, that's not what I normally do, so I guarantee yeah, it's going to take say. me yeah. more time. It's going to be more labor intensive for me and it's going to probably have more rounds of edits because mm. i'm sure it's not going to come out the way she wants it to because it's just not my style so i told her what my like what i normal my normal price would be i'm like that's what it is that's yeah. the size that's what it is and and didn't get the commission radio silence. radio right. silent and which is fine i mean she's commissioned me for other things too but i could tell she okay. wanted something simple and and but wanted to be charged fine. less but that's where it becomes it was almost i mean i know she didn't mean it in an insulting way but it's like just because like Maybe, stereo- also it's like kind of stereotypical, right? It's like just because it's pencil and ink doesn't mean it takes less time. Well, you know? Also,
1: to me, it's like you're the only resource or artist that they felt comfortable asking, like, "Hey, can you do this?" I know you paint. So you could probably and, do and this, know and that you might easier. be able
0: to get like a discount for versus like going to another artist who would charge what maybe I would charge exactly because it is still an art do. and that's what they do full time and that's what they're really good at. Um, so that's where it starts. When I start to ever sense like that sort of thing, I never come down from pr- my price. Like I stay, and and they can good for you, and they can. I mean, trust me, it was not always that way. Like I. <laughs> Definitely have had people. So I had this a similar thing happen recently with somebody who she's a patron and she gets a patron discount, which is awesome because I do give discounts if you're at a certain yeah. tier in my, in my thing. But um, the painting she bought and she was interested in was a collaboration and I couldn't give her a discount on it because right. it's like it's a collaboration. So I think a part of me would have. Old me would have like, oh, I'll just take the discount from my percentage of the painting half, yeah. just to make this sale happen. And I just flat out told her, I'm sorry, I can't, like, it's it's a it's a you know collaboration. Wow. We I can't do that. And uh she paid the full price. Like, you know, it just sometimes you just have yeah. to tell people and it's like that's how it is, and just stay firm. And maybe you'll lose the commission. But for example, like, did I really want to spend a bunch of time doing something that Wasn't Mm -hmm. me anyway like no so i think
1: that's where it like it's tough to like get to and i don't know what are your thoughts on and i don't know if this has ever happened to you this has not happened to me but and it's one of those weird it reminds me of like when you buy a house like making your best offer have you ever had someone come in because it's tough like sometimes i struggle just like deciding what i should charge friends and family and i will be honest i try to look at them where are they at in their life can they afford the higher price can they Mm -hmm. afford you know which is not appropriate but it's, I try to make things work, yeah. um, but have you ever had someone come in and be like, Hey, Julia, like, what can you, I'm going to throw a number out. Everyone don't read into this number. I have $200. What can I get for $200 of a commission? Have yeah. you ever worked with someone that's like, Hey, yeah. like I can't afford your large pieces, but I have this much money. What is the customization? And then is it like you say straight up? No. Or do you see how you can be like, Mm -hmm. hey, a print or you can do, you know, there are
0: options. That is a great question. And I have, I actually really love it when people give, come to me with that approach where it's like, this is all, this is what I can pay. What Mm -hmm. can I get? And I'll tell them like, hey, so for that, like, here's the size, like it's going to be around, Mm -hmm. you know, eight by 10, you know, acrylic. And Mm -hmm. you could get this size in watercolor, it's slightly bigger in watercolor because it's a cheap, a little bit of a cheaper material. And Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and then I like, I tell them what the size ranges are within that price. Like I'm like, here's what it is. Like on all that, all that I can offer you that's under $200, that's an original. And I give it to them and they just pick which one they want. And that's how we go. And, or, you know, I can say like, if you want to pay $50 more, I can get you this much more, you know, and so we can, and it's like, would you be willing to pay $50 more to get more, of what you wanted or the the size you wanted. So yeah, I do that all the time with people. I actually really enjoy when someone is super transparent with me because then I know I'm not going to like throw out a number that's going to scare them away because I already know what their budget is. Um, Other times, you know, people come at me and they're like, I don't know what size, but I'm thinking roughly this. I'm like, okay, great. And I'll send them pricing for sizes that are a little bit above. Like I'll give them like a pricing Mm -hmm. chart essentially of a, sizes around what they said a little bit above and a little bit below so that if they maybe four hundred dollars for what they said was too much they're like they know that they can still get a a different size for 300 which they're like still would be happy with so i if i don't get a number from them right away i kind of throw out a bunch of different sizes so they can pick in that i
1: like that no it's a great approach and not like thinking as you were saying all this i was thinking i was like you know what's would be helpful for at least myself and maybe others that haven't really established themselves in the space. What I think you have to your advantage is you have your prices out there in the world. Mm-hmm. Like you have a website that has a sticker price, so people can see like this is your value. Yeah, um, I work on a salary, uh, right. so I'm not posting that to the public. That's true. I think <laughs> it's
0: become easier for me now that I have the mm-hmm. website. And people know like, and they can see it like pretty clearly like, oh, that's probably roughly what it's going to be. So I run, into, I run into this problem less and less now, but yeah, you're right. Yeah. That, is, that is so true as somebody who
1: they have, they have no idea
0: what you make, you know, like that's not really appropriate to go around telling well, they don't people know, like, what you make. What and,
1: my hourly rate, like, yeah. especially cause like we bill our clients, what my hourly billable rate is like, but I definitely, and I know what my hourly is when it like, when I did freelance, I know what my corporate, what I would. Any company that hired me individually, I had a freelance rate. Um, so I have a freelance rate, but for friends and family, that's still like unaffordable. Um, so because I, again, people just don't understand like how long things take. Like some people think a logo just because it's words is not going to take ten minutes. No, that's like two days worth of work. I'm trying to sort out and figure out, but. I think that's something that would be. I mean, I tend to not do any, I don't take any freelance projects per se anymore because of my life. Uh, I've found that, um, and I think, Julia, you probably can relate to this, knowing that, um, I mean, you prefer painting your series and, you know, putting mm-hmm. your time and energy into your own work. And I think that's where I've run into is I give my creativity to everybody. Yeah. And I'm like, why can't I just put it towards my you own? you got to preserve it
0: for yourself. Yeah. 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 And
1: that's like, also is the reason, like, I'm launching this clothing line with um, a friend and family. And that's where I was like, I can barely make time to do what I need to do for my own things. And even gesso girls, like I can, this is par- part of one of my projects. And this is something I'm a part of, of and I want are. to grow, but it's, but I am too busy being pulled in another direction from someone who needs a favor. Um, and that's what I've said yeah. once to someone, or I was talking to someone once about it. I was kind of like, I never wanna be like, I was throwing you a bone or I was doing a favor for you to develop your branding. Cause that's not necessarily true. I mean, it is a favor because you wouldn't be able to go through my agency to work with my group. Um, But I think that's where it's like.
0: Hey guys, wanted to pop in here really quick because you may or may not notice uh, this next segment is gonna be a little disjointed from the first one because after this, Part where Erin was talking, I actually started to ask her a lot about her people-pleasing tendencies, and we went on a whole tangent talking about pricing and people-pleasing, and it was really interesting, but it went on for like another 30 minutes. So this we didn't want this episode to be like an hour and a half for you guys, we wanted to make it more digestible. So I actually cut out that bit, and it's going to be next week's episode where we talk all about people-pleasing. And so I tried my best to cut it here so that it, the next segment really relates to what we've been talking about in terms of boundaries. So if you notice anything that's a little, like I said, disjointed, us referring to something that you're like, what? doesn't make sense. Um, it's coming out next week, and you're going to hear us all talking all about people-pleasing. And we hope you enjoy the rest of this episode. And, of course, we hope you come back for next week to hear all about this Really honestly awesome tangent we went on. So thank you guys for listening. All right, without further ado, here's the rest of the episode.
1: It all kind of goes back to why we struggle with um, how we value ourselves as artists when it comes to friends and family and setting our services. Boundaries. So, yeah. And setting those boundaries, it's not going to happen overnight. I'm still working on it. Mm-hmm. And I think the past couple weeks was a, an awakening for me to realize it wasn't becoming fun um, when I was always in front of my screen and I was getting behind on the things that I really wanted to focus on for myself uh, and being like okay with just saying like with saying no I think that's something that we need to that it's not even you don't even have to negotiate it's okay to say no and I think that was something that I learned and I was nervous that I was letting someone down by accepting a project and then turning it down later I obviously will saw the project through but to the end but not continuing any additional larger pieces but I think that's just something we have to learn like even if it's a project that may sound really flashy and cool think about your everything as a 360 think about the whole day in your life not just the project and I think that's where I was blinded I had my blinders on I didn't think about how's I gonna fit this in with this in because I was also doing another I was drawing a something for a wedding Mm -hmm. um which
0: God bless anybody who also... works in the wedding industry. God bless you. Yeah, that's
1: I, I just don't know how people. That's like the one thing that I have to say this before we wrap up this episode because I learned something. Because I, usually I do more digital art. um Well, that's my career is in the on the computer. So there's an undo button. I don't know how people don't like. People have to realize once it's done, it's done. Sure, there are ways to tweak things in painting, but I had like some changes, and I'm like. It, what if i had done this on like watercolor like this would have been a whole redo and i think people don't realize like one small thing that you changed your mind on when it comes to fine art it's a scratch it's like you're either redoing it or you're reworking it and it's hours and it's double the work if not more than double the work because you've got that base i think of a tattoo like people think of it as a tattoo it's permanent And if you need to cover that tattoo, it's probably going to take 10 times longer to cover that tattoo with a new tattoo to make it work. Um, so when you are working with an artist, and especially when this comes to like commission-based work, keep that in mind. Like, Make sure you are overly clear. Make sure you're all aligned and you understand what you're asking for. And know that there is no undo button. Yeah. So you know what you're getting. You know what you're paying for. and But it's art, and you've picked that artist for a reason.
0: Yeah, and... That's budget, the beauty of it. Budget it into your, into your time frame, too. And, yes. you know, I think it's all of it's, you know, I, what, is this the first time you've ever done something for, like, a, in the wedding yes. sphere?
1: Um, that was not graphic design, yes. Okay. So I think that... This was, like, painting. Got it. But I did it via tablet, so it was luckily okay to okay, undo. Okay, <laughs> yeah. But I learned, I was like, oh, these were, like, ten little illustrations I did of every building Mm-hmm. And oh, God.
0: those are so. Someone I had to do mislabeled like one
1: of them. Mm-hmm. Like there was a mislabel of them, not on my end, and so then I had to maneuver and add a new one. But I was thinking in my head, I'm like, oh my gosh, can you imagine if someone had already like any other artist that painted this from scratch? Like I painted it on my tablet, so I had the ability to, and I'm so glad I did it the way that I did. I did everything as its own individual piece. And then put them all together whereas if i had done it all in one like even if you do paint on a tablet um you eventually get to a point you can't undo i mean it's like anything in your when you're working on word you can't undo the whole entire thing all if you've already saved it once and you know um but i was like thinking it's like i have to spend some time rebuilding it today because we have a word that needs to change and it was my script (laughs) so i have to cover it over and photoshop and make a little bit of magic because it's now going to be labeled something else.
0: <laughs> yeah. it's So it's, it's all like learning to like this stuff. So if someone asks you to do a project that's in a space, a sphere, a whatever that you've never done before, yeah. I, I get that the temptation is to charge less because it's like, this is my first time doing this. And maybe that is the case. And maybe there is just like a learning mm-hmm. within that and especially awkward if it's friends and family. But I think it's important to say... Like, to budget in some extra, like, it's going to cost extra if I have to revise it X number of times. Like, yeah, you know, I think that building that in so that there's a little bit of a, okay, I know that if I have to revise this, like, six times, I'm, it's not a complete waste of my time. Like, I'm actually going to get yeah. paid a little extra. Because I think that that is the fear, right? It's like, okay, you're doing something new for the first time, and it's for a family friend or a family member or a friend. And so it's yeah, just... Yeah, I think
1: you're more... Or at least I feel more comfortable taking on a task from like if my mom or my dad need it if it's new for me because mm-hmm. I'm like okay like I feel more comfortable than taking I don't take on projects normally from someone that I don't know if I've never done it before personally mm-hmm. not to say you don't do it but to me I just know time wise I don't have time to yeah I would need someone that's like can wait
0: <laughs> yeah it's that is a tough area I think when it, it is I, I don't know I don't know if that I don't have a, a answer or solution to that because I think it is important to grow and try new things as an artist mm-hmm. um but and I Absolutely. also think that sometimes you do have to do things more like you know for less especially if you don't have as much experience but I think it comes down to like Aaron. like for example you've done this project now do you think you will ever take a project like this on ever again
1: nope i told both of my siblings that if they ever want a map wedding
0: wedding map illustrated
1: i will take a photo of google maps print it
0: out and send it to them them. so that's the thing it's like you now know this is what you never you don't ever want to do that again so i'm gonna hold you to it if someone ever asks you to do it again don't do it so it's like you learn to
1: say it was actually really fun i like like I did actually enjoy the project itself because it forced me to draw again. Um, but I did. I have to say. I mean, I won't accept it again because I've realized it's just too big of a. It's too big of a lift. Yes, I won't do that style ever again.
0: I think it's like. <laughs> but yeah, I did enjoy the project. I think that's the thing. You can like learn. Like, okay, what did you like about that project? Even if it was a total nightmare, there probably was something that you enjoyed. Maybe hopefully, and know yeah. that. Like okay. I can, I will try to do something. I can do something like that next time, but I also know like I'm not ever doing it. So like use those, those failures or those situations that were like nightmare commissions, nightmare situations as information for what not to do in the future. Cause I'm in a similar boat of like, I've done plenty of those sorts of things now where I know, like if somebody does, I've I've done, I had to do a wedding thing this year as well. And it was watercolor and I did have to start over um, that. I now know that I will always do it on a tablet first mm-hmm. and get them approved and then have them approve it before mm-hmm. I move to watercolor. And, um, unfortunately I actually did try to do that. And then they still had edits and I was like, God dang yeah. it. Like I, know. I already so hard to... told you, like, yeah. this was like, once it's done, it's done. And you know, I was able to make the changes, whatever. Luckily they needed a digital file so I can make those changes. Like digitally because so, I needed to print yeah yeah so anyway it long story short um, you it learn helps each you time those boundaries
1: though and, it, like, and I think that's yeah. what it helped me learn the boundaries of like sure did I like the project yeah I actually enjoyed the art of it and it was fun to create and I was proud of what I created but my boundaries that I learned was I can't take on that much of a, of an outside project with yeah. everything I was doing because I was up till one o'clock two o'clock um, completing this project yeah, so I could insane. do other things yeah. And that's where I learned, I was like, okay. And I mean, and that's the thing is I was staying up till two o'clock because I get s- just like in the zone drawing. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, it's 2 a.m. Like I got to go. Like I got to go to bed because I got to be up for an 8.30 call in the morning. Um, so I think that's where I learned my boundaries of like, just because it's a fun, engaging project and I want to do it, doesn't mean it's good for me to do it. Um, and I think that's what I've learned the biggest in this past couple past like couple months of taking on like commissions, stuff like that is like focusing on like okay where am i at with my projects and do i have enough time with my projects in addition to that or you know just like it's okay to say no and just focus on your own projects there's nothing yeah. wrong
0: with that i recently did that with some commissions so because i was finishing up my most recent series where a couple, couple people asked me mm-hmm. to work on commissions like as i was coming down to the wire with that series and I just had to say to them, I'm sorry, like, this is going to have to wait till the week of, of June 1st or whatever, because mm-hmm. otherwise I just, I can't, I can't get it done until then. And it's weird because I've never actually said that to somebody for a commission before, that they were going to have to wait. Um, and, you know, I asked, like, is that okay? Like, if you can wait? And most of them said, yeah, totally, it's fine. One of them said, I'm so sorry, I do need this for, like, um, a birthday or whatever. There was a time yeah, frame, uh, deep, a, yeah. like a time stamp on it. So that one I prior, I did actually, I still did it. Actually. I did. I, but all the other ones I pushed, you made it work. So I made it work. I said, okay, well, I'll do this one, but every, everyone else I will have to, I'm going to push. And it was the best thing. And now I feel like way less, I felt way less stressed about it. I'm now coming into, I'm going to have like a couple weeks here where I just work on commissions. And then I'm going to, I think I'm going to do the, do it again where I like, do a little bit of a call out and say, "Hey guys, I'm gonna be I'm accepting commissions for the month of August or September or whatever. I'm already, I'm accepting them now, but I, I'm gonna be working on a series between now and then, so I won't get to them until September. Get them in if you want yeah. something. Plan ahead.
1: Plan ahead. And that's I, a good way to organize that.
0: So that's what I'm gonna start doing. I'm gonna have it be more seasonal, where it's like on, and off, like my own work and then commissions. Get yeah budgeted to a particular time frame, and then my own work commission. So I think that that's a structure that's going to work for me and it's boundaries and boundaries. And I also think for you, like you should be able to say to these people like, Oh my gosh, you know, like I work a nine to five job. So here's what the amount of time I can give after work. Yeah. I can give this much time to it like a week. So I can give like 10 hours max a week. Um, yeah. And so it's going to take me this long and you can then say like, you know, after this, I'll do four weeks of this, but then I know I have a busy season with work, and that's all I can give. And so, like, if I do, I can't do crazy amounts of edits, you know, and yeah, that's what it. I can give you. I don't know. I think well,
1: you guys, we all live in this crazy world called the creative world.
0: <laughs> yeah, and a lot is expected of us. That's not you know always realistic. And people think that we just enjoy staying up until two in the morning to work on yeah, work on things. Every and
1: weekend, we don't.
0: We have we have needs like i cannot do that at all um, yeah, like we
1: actually like working out
0: and like yeah. julia really enjoys cooking
1: like there's I things do. we can do outside
0: of our yeah. our computers tablets and canvases or and, panels and you need those to fuel yourself so that you keep creating mm-hmm. and there you need to set boundaries within yourself and within your with with your friends and family, so that you can continue to enjoy the work that you're doing, and it doesn't become a chore or something that you despise, because mm-hmm. um, that's honestly what's going to suffer. You, Aaron, I feel like you know you kind of said before, like in a lot of ways, like you are breaking promises to yourself about your mm-hmm. own creative practice in order to keep promises with people that maybe you're not even. I don't know how close you are to this friend maybe like for example let's just say theoretical like maybe this friend you're not like actually that close to it's like yeah and your most important relationship is with yourself yet you're constantly breaking those those you know yeah don't break if you wouldn't break promises the dinner date
1: with your partner don't break the dinner date with yourself
0: right exactly it's like that's that should be your your philosophy or your approach to your creative practice, like, prioritizing that, is treating it like it's a dinner date with your significant other uh, so, like, that you can better... I think that's actually helpful. I think treating it like that, like it's a dinner date with somebody else who you really, really care about, and and then, you know, anything else that comes up between that, if it's, like, a random friend, like, they don't... You would probably kick that down the road in order to prioritize your significant other, so
1: absolutely and i there's like one more thing that i've heard from i had a great boss a long time ago i mean i have a great boss now too but i, I but there's
0: this one boss that
1: i had who was phenomenal and they made the comment and this goes to like still talking about like um the creative boundaries and just like communication we live in a world that is just like constant communication and i'm sure artists and julia you probably get dms and emails at all hours across you know different time zones etc and something that i had um A boss tell me once was like uh, some there was something about like should i respond back or do you need me to re respond whatever and that he said if i wouldn't pick up the phone and call you at this time i am not going to email you Mm -hmm. and i thought that was really because he's basically he was talking about like back in the day when we weren't always accessible if you left the office at seven and you're at home eating dinner, I would not pick up the phone and call you. You would have you to, to have like, called hey. that person
0: to yes. to do that. Yeah. And that's like, yeah. Yeah. That'd be like a lot of effort and kind of weird. It'd have to be like a crisis. <laughs> so,
1: exactly. Yeah. And that's kind of what he was saying. He's like, if I wouldn't call you, like the only time I would call you is like if there is something that is just crazy wrong. We have a deadline that's at 9 a.m. in the morning or whatever. Um, but otherwise i will not he's like i will hold all emails because i don't want that stress that I, it just because it's on the top of my mind i don't need it to be on the top of your mind sometimes you know there's a lot of people that will send emails about being like oh we'll connect tomorrow on it guess what there's this great thing called a scheduler and you can schedule it so that it gets sent to them at 8 a.m so i would even say that for all all you artists out there that maybe are in this communication style but it may be your window for you when you sit down your computer is five o'clock on um, but I would actually really encourage like creating a system so people understand when you want to respond and when you don't want to respond. Um, so if you have a sca- so, I mean, I think like if you're five, that's the only time you can respond and not 8am. That's fine if you're a five o'clock painter. Um, but mm. really focus in on those hours on so people don't expect that constant, um, Being communication you. from you. That is actually a nuts.
0: philosophy I've started to take on. With like, for example, I get like DMs and people are asking yes. me things, requesting things of me, and whatever. I'm and in over my head on DMs. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> it's 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 the DMs get crazy. My DMs get crazy too, and I've stopped responding to any DMs on. I actually have not. This is like literally something I'm implementing like this week. Like this is brand new for me. I've not been doing this, where I'm going to stop responding to DMs. After five o'clock, because I don't want to be sitting there at dinner with Kirk and being like someone's asked me about like a commission, and it's weird. In my brain, I think like, oh my god, if I don't respond right now, they they're gonna they're gonna find someone else to do it. That's crazy. Like that's crazy. Like you can wait till tomorrow to to respond. And so I'm gonna start treating my DMs that way of like I'm not responding even to fr- even to fr- if it's on like my art account. I won't respond to the DM until the next day. Um, and you know, maybe my personal account I would like with friends and family, but I, I just can't. Yeah.
1: But it's your work for, yeah, it's still work, but it looks,
0: it feels social, right? Like it feels like it's Mm -hmm. not because, and that's a boundary I need to set with myself and with my followers too. So they don't think that they can just, because I think that that's a problem too, that I've started to have is my following is very mixed between like friends, family, like clients, collectors, whatever. And they all want a little bit of a little piece of me. They all want to like feel like they get to know me and connect with me. And I I want to be responsive, but it's like, I do need to create that boundary or else it's going to become insane. Like I can't be best friends with Mm -hmm. every single person on my, who I'm, and that's how I feel. Sure, Sure That's how I feel a little bit sometimes. Like everybody wants something like heartfelt or they want, you know, you to respond. Cause I do get some heartfelt DMs from people, you know, sometimes, oh, yeah. and then I feel really like, like I said before, like a lot of pressure
1: obligated, and obligated.
0: Yeah. And it's like, I feel that a lot. Yeah. That's, that's, that's hard. Um,
1: oh yeah. I mean, I get a lot from the brain tumor, brain cancer, cancer space and mm-hmm. someone pouring their heart out and their feelings. And I, I mean, I do respond. But I have learned that I can't respond to everyone in one night because that's, I mean, it's, it's draining for myself. Taxing. Yeah. It's emotionally draining. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's not that I don't want to, but I have learned I need to space out. And if I'm having a conversation, and also what I've learned too is there's been a couple of times I will be having a conversation and I'm so tired I fall asleep in the middle, yeah. like via DM. And I need to be like, that's okay. Don't feel, you can't feel bad. But also, <laughs> that's not the space you want to
0: probably be speaking to them from like, think about it. It's like, you're that exhausted. You can't have a great conversation with someone when you're (laughs) that exhausted. Like that's crazy to expect yourself to do that. Um, All right. Well, I think we're going to wrap here uh, talking about creative boundaries and talking about how we've managed that with like friends and family. And also just with, you know, our personal lives and work. Mm-hmm. And I think that if you guys have any questions specifically about this topic, we'd love to do another episode where we dive even further into this. So feel free to DM us. I <laughs> are just talking about the DMs. Um, DM us at Jesso Girls with questions and we can try to compile those and eventually, you know, keep that going. We love when you guys write in suggestions. Um, other than that, Aaron, anything to say about this episode with
1: Boundaries That's It. That's it. Um, Just make sure you find us and follow us on Instagram. Uh, We are, you know, up and running there. So don't forget, tag us in your art as
0: well because we want to see it. Yeah, that's awesome. We actually would love to start sharing people's art. So if you do tag us, we'll be sure to share it. So thank you guys so much for listening. Have a great rest of your Wednesday and stay tuned for next week.